The Twins are coming off a tough one last night, a come-from-ahead loss, if you will. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about the fact that the Twins have been really good out of the break. We will also break down what I think the Twins' plans are for Dallas Keuchel. That and so much more on this edition of Locked on Twins. You are Locked on Twins. Your daily Minnesota Twins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello again and welcome back to Locked On Twins. I'm your host, Brandon Warren, and you can find me on Twitter at Brandon underscore W-A-R-N-E, though I would not recommend it. Thanks for making Locked On Twins your first listen every day. Thanks for checking us out on YouTube. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And, of course, on YouTube, if you're watching live, we love to have you. And, of course, we're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Also, too, if you want to be active in the comments, leave comments during these live shows. We can talk to you. We can answer your questions. We can put them up on the screen here. And that sort of fun stuff. So, again, make yourself part of the show. Also, too, if we're not on the air and you have questions, send them on Twitter at Brandon underscore Warren at Locked On Twins. Make sure you check out the Locked On Twins Breathless post-game minutes right away after each game. Other than that, we're going to dive right in. Today's show is brought to you by Sleeper. Swing for the fences on Sleeper Picks, and you could win up to 100 times your money. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details currently operational in over 30 states. So run on over to Sleeper and see if you are in one of those states. Now, the uh, <laughs> the Twins are uh, coming off a pretty tough one against the Mariners last night. I was actually there, and um, it was my first game in, in quite some time. Actually, before we get into that, Twins-Mariners going to be going at it today at noon. It's going to be Bryce Miller and Joe Ryan. So chance for the Twins to bounce back. If you want to catch every pitch of the Twins local broadcast, hometown broadcast, go to SiriusXM and just use the SXM app and search for Twins. You can listen to Corey and Danny and who knows, maybe another walk-off. Twins almost, well, not almost, but could have made it three walk-offs in a row last night. But the bigger issue is why that was the case is because the bullpen allowed seven runs in the last two innings. So Twins get off to a really nice start for in the first off George Kirby, who looked uh, better as the game went on. Twins struck out an astonishing 18 times, which um, I don't even know. I don't even know what you say about it anymore, but uh, just just um, it's just absolutely incredible that that's what's going on right now. Uh, Pablo Lopez, solid, you know, comes out of the shoot. Giving up a couple homers, but otherwise good and gives you seven innings. And then basically from the jump, Giovanni Moran comes in and uh, blows it up. So uh, 14 pitches, only five strikes, walks a couple batters and ends up getting charged for three earned runs as Emilio Pagan allows a homer to Julio Rodriguez, a game tying homer. Then the twins um, end up. Struggling again in the ninth, Oliver Ortega gives up three earned. And for his for his reward, he gets a, a train ticket to St. Paul. Josh Winder up with the team for today's game. So we'll see where 
things go from there. And we'll see what the, the future is of that spot in the medium term, long term, etc. cetera. Uh, Caleb Thielbar starting a rehab with St. Paul Tuesday night. So the short-term plan could be to kind of mix and match with guys and then get Thielbar in that spot eventually. But Thielbar's been out a while, so I don't think it's going to be just a one or two appearance stint with the Saints. It's probably going to take a little bit longer than that. I don't think he's going to need the whole 30 days or anything like that, but I do think it'll be a little longer than perhaps the the Josh Winder stint will last. The, the big thing for me, the takeaway for me from last night's game wasn't that the Twins bullpen is bad. You know, if you look at it on the whole, I'm, I'm going to pull it up here just because I want to make sure I'm speaking from uh, facts here. Twins relievers in the second half have, oh, sorry, I have the wrong data here. I want to get their ERA because um, I, I get the sense it's probably not terribly bad. No, actually, they are tied for ninth at 367. That's going to be inflated from last night's game, giving up seven earned in uh, or seven runs in just two innings. In fact, if we go um, without last night, the Twins bullpen would have had uh, a bullpen ERA of two two seven in the second half. So again, the numbers by themselves not that problematic, but the depth, the depth is the issue. And I, I I, don't so much mind having Oliver Ortega out there, Moran out there, Pagan out there. All of those guys are fine for where they are right now. But what the Twins need to consider, and um, that's the case at the deadline coming up here because they can't make additions after, is uh, how deep of a bullpen do they need to ride out the rest of the season and into the postseason? Again, I'm as high as anyone on Duran, Stewart, Jax, Thielbar. I still think Jorge Lopez is salvageable, but that's I may be alone in that. Um, I think the Twins have enough. The, their bullpen right now is built like a regular season bullpen. Like, don't get me wrong. Teams don't have – teams don't roll seven, eight guys deep with guys that they think they can throw in the eighth or ninth inning up two runs. I think sometimes the perception online or on Twitter is that every bullpen that the Twins face is – way more stacked than the twins are. And that's it's simply not the case. But at this point, the twins can probably pretty easily add two decent arms for not that much in terms of uh, an investment. It's, it's going to come down to where do the twins prioritize or what do they prioritize in terms of cost, what kind of leverage they want the guy to throw in that sort of thing, because they could shoot high and trade with Pittsburgh for David Bednar. It would be, they'd be giving up prospects that I guarantee the prospect hounds would be weeping over. It, it just would be the case. Bednar's got multiple years of control. He's having an incredible season for the Pirates. And so that's an option. To me, I think you count on Duran, Jax, Stewart, Thielbar, and you go get a couple more complimentary guys. Uh, guys who will be very reasonably priced. And you can aim for any number of, of roles for those guys to fill. Brent Suter as a lefty. Michael Fulmer as a righty who probably shouldn't face lefties. Um, you could probably 
look at Scott Barlow with the Royals. Uh, very wide per difference of perceptions for him from our listening audience. We've had people in the comments who are all in on Scott Barlow. We have them who are all out on Scott Barlow. And really nobody in the middle who's like, you know what? Scott Barlow's fine. I happen to be in favor, but I understand why other people are not. Carlos Hernandez is another guy to look at from there. But And I, I was talking with a friend at the ball game, and they made a good point. Um, Hernandez would be a better fit if the Twins were more stable at the top end and could take a stab on a guy whose variance is somewhere between this guy throws the crap out of the ball and we want him throwing the eighth inning because Griffin Jacks is down, or this guy's unplayable. We can't do anything other than have him work mop-up innings. It's basically Jorge Lopez 2.0. And when they acquired Lopez, he was coming off an all-star bid. So as much as I like Hernandez, I'm not sure it's a fit. I think it's more along the lines of they're going to want to do something more stable, more safe. Um, so I keep coming back to Suter, Fulmer, who they traded for last year. Um, you know, you could you could change it up, go Keenan Middleton, Joe Kelly. There, there's a lot of options and a fair number of teams who are out of it to the point where you could make something happen. It'll be curious to see, too, if, if uh, it'll be happening within the division. But it, it's, it's a curious way to look at an obvious issue is that I don't think the bullpen in general is a problem. I just think parts of it are, and that's the reality of a bullpen in today's game. When you tax your bullpen on the front end to win the game that day, you may pay for it in the future. And that's, that's when, you know, the Piper came to be paid was Tuesday night at target field. Now, again, th that's not to say that these guys are, you know, like that it's okay to have that kind of a meltdown. 100% absolutely not. But guys have to execute. Guys have to do their jobs. And that's true of both sides. The, it, it's not egregious that the Twins had Moran in their bullpen, Ortega in their bullpen, Pagan in their bullpen. Pagan's, we can we can honestly probably just kind of table the discussion on Pagan and the, the crying about him still being on the roster right now. Sure, he gave up a homer, but He's having a perfectly reasonable, perfectly good season. And I think at this point, it's just kind of, you know, let sleeping dogs lie. But now is their chance to kind of build a playoff bullpen. You got to feel good about your chances of making the postseason. Um, roster resource has the Twins at, uh, let me make sure I get this correctly, 80.2% um, to make the playoff, 79.7 to win the division. So Guardians 18.6, Twins up three games in the division. You can you can kind of start honing in on the idea of what do we want this to look like into October. And um, nice thing, too, is they've got a couple off days here, Thursday and Monday, before the deadline, where they can get guys healthy so that they can really roll with a, a healthy bullpen um, moving forward. The, the schedule between now and the deadline and after the deadline. It's not that difficult. They're going to do a Missouri swing between the Royals and, and Cardinals. Um, Cardinals haven't really shown up this year, so we'll see what happens there. But I think um, they can get some guys healthy, they can get some guys rested, and they can figure out how to make this bullpen um, 
the best version of itself. Because honestly, the, the rotation is strong enough to do some damage in the postseason. And the bullpen is easy enough to make those adjustments. Also, too, some of your starters that aren't in your rotation in October can be bullpen weapons. You know, I think you're very obviously going to start Lopez, Ryan, Gray, Ober, one through four in a playoff series. But Kenta Maeda has postseason relief experience. So that lengthens your bullpen and your bridge, especially if you have guys going five and dive or shorter. Um, Yeah, I think the easiest thing the Twins can do at this deadline is to address the bullpen and they don't need to go overboard. Like it would be great to get Bednar. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying they don't need to go that high for it to be a productive trade deadline for them. Um, We do need to take a second and talk about uh, Sleeper, uh, our new friends at Sleeper. Um, Before we do that, though, when we come back, we will talk about how the Twins have done coming out of the break and how they are faring both offensively and on the pitching side of things. But first, we have speaker uh sleeper easy for me to say uh do you want the chance to win more money with less picks head to sleeper where you can win up to 100 times your money on just two or more fantasy baseball picks so if you're looking at a slate of games and you think aaron judge is going to homer and this guy's going to strike out 10 batters and this guy's going to do this you can add all those things together and win your money as a multiplier which is kind of cool so you can you can win a hundred times your money on daily fantasy baseball by doing up to eight pick contests choose as many as eight players that you like and you go more or less on the stats that they're going to put up in that day's game whether it's home runs strikeouts hits you name it go ahead and check it out um you know if you want to find a way to enjoy watching the twins game and maybe make a little money off it this is the way to do it there's group uh, group chat functionality so you can see your group's picks talk a little trash and that sort of thing Also, two entries can be made in 30 seconds or less. It's extremely, extremely easy. You get your money safe. You get your money quickly. And if you use the promo code locked on, you will get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Currently operational in over 30 states. So make sure you check out if your state is eligible. Check out Sleeper today. Now we're coming into the bullpen which is the name of our second segment. We're going to talk about how the Twins have fared out of the break. So a lot of times when we look at statistics and how things are laid out over a season, we look at first half, second half, and we're early in the second half. Um, So it's it's still early to really say for sure that we're seeing trends or anything developing. But we have seen... Um, an offense that has been markedly better, although pointed out by Aaron Gleeman, um, the Twins are actually striking out more often in the second half and the first half, which um, again goes to show that the correlation between strikeouts and hitting is not as strong as people might think. Twins striking out 30.7% of the time in the second half. Um only one other team, or well, no other teams are over 30. Only two are above 28, including the Mariners, who are third at 28.3%, Rockies 28.9. Now, the Twins' offense coming out of the break is averaging 5.83 runs per game. That in 12 games puts them fifth in MLB. And so, as a result, it's not terribly surprising that they've come out of the gates um, 
boat racing some opponents. And people will say they, they haven't played anybody. Who have they played in the second half? It's going to be the case all season long, or at least the rest of the way. You know, they have the, the, um, the Diamondbacks coming up here. Uh, they have uh, the Guardians. They'll continue to play as the season goes on. But otherwise, the rest of their schedule, outside of like the Texas Rangers, is it's not going to be that difficult. Um, by the way, Twins, Mariners noon today. You can see them um, take on Bryce Miller. It's going to be Joe Ryan going for the Twins. Ryan up to 19 home runs allowed this season. So we're going to see if he can keep the Mariners in the yard. But if you want to check that out, you can um, catch every pitch of the Twins hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Twins. Also, thanks for making us your first listen every day. Check back later. We'll have a full wrap on the Mariners series. We've got a Trevor Hildenberger episode coming up. We're working on a lot of fun stuff for you coming into and out of the trade deadline. Anyway, back to how the Twins offense has fared coming out of the break. Twins hitting 266 with a 354 on base and a 494 slugging. That's an 848 OPS. So that's third in MLB. And if you pair that with a pitching staff that has been, I mean, solid all season long, but coming out of the break, um, you know, 434 ERA, not quite what you want but the offense is picking up the slack, which is something we hadn't seen to this point of the season. Um, I still envision a scenario where both of these, um, both of these groups can coexist in a way that allows this team to keep moving forward um, and get to that 86, 85, 88 win plateau. Uh, I think 90, 91 would be ideal just to, you know, maybe get people to stop griping that they'd finish in last in the AL East. But, um, you know, it is what it is, and you can't change how people feel. Uh, offensively, Twins, 10 stolen bases since the break, just one caught stealing. Willie Castro uh, ran like a man possessed in Tuesday night's game, and it's kind of cool to see that element added to the Twins game. Um, after the first month of them not really running, Twins also tied for first. Or sorry, tied for second in MLB with 20 homers. They had 21 doubles, seven triples since the break, which is MLB high. Um, Diamondbacks have six. Nobody else has more than four. So offensively, Twins up and rolling. It'll be curious to see how much they can sustain this. And while I understand that there will be naturally some pessimism, not only because of the personnel they have active right now, but also because it's kind of a fool me once, fool me twice based on what we saw in the first half. But they're going to get some guys back. You know, Jorge Polanco's rehab seems to be progressing. He's been playing third base. We'll see when Royce Lewis is due to come back. Nick Gordon's ramping up some activities. We'll see if he factors in at some point. Um, I I don't know what they're going to do on the 40-man roster. Uh, a, a commenter on YouTube did make a good point that they do have some guys they can move to the 60 Um depending on, you know, how, how bad Jose Miranda's injury is, uh, obviously Jose De Leon. Um, but I just, um, I still think it's going to be a, a, a crunch on this roster. 40, 26, man, whatever you want to say, um, especially on the offensive side, which is too why I think maybe, and I was discussing this with a friend, I think if they flip guys from the 40 at the deadline, you might see someone like Hilberto Celestino go for a reliever, Josh Winder for a reliever, Brent Hedrick for a reliever. Um, 
Celestino, to me, is the kind of guy who could go somewhere else and succeed. Uh, I don't think he's going to be like, you know, I don't think he'll be the next Lamont Wade Jr. or anything like that. But if he can find a team where he gets an opportunity, like if you trade him straight up for Scott Barlow, you know, that might be a good fit for both sides. The The Royals are in desperate need of everyday players and have the opportunity to give a guy like Celestino the chance to see if that can be him. Meanwhile, you know, the Twins could use the bullpen help. Maybe that makes sense. I don't know if that's on the table. But I, I think that as the Twins are going to need to kind of shuffle some deck chairs to make room on the roster for whoever they acquire, um, Celestino might be a spot where things could uh, come to fruition. As far as individuals coming out of the break, um, Edward Julian absolutely pummeling the baseball. Um, one you probably may not have realized, but Ryan Jeffers is hitting 409 since the break. Um, Christian Vasquez hitting 273 with an 804 OPS. Like there are some guys who have been surprisingly good and some who've been um, surprisingly bad. Uh, well, maybe not even surprisingly. Joey Gallo, 548 OPS out of the break. I don't think that surprises anyone necessarily just because he's not been making contact. 14 strikeouts in 24 at-bats, uh, 28 plate appearances, so 50% strikeout rate. I mean, you just – that's unplayable. It really is. Uh, Donnie Solani with a 503 OPS since the break. Byron Buxton, 435. Um, not certain when Buxton will be coming back to rejoin the team, but I feel like it wouldn't be shocking for him to take the off day and then be back in time for the Royal series. Uh, but otherwise, um, Carlos Correa, 810 OPS, uh, he's hitting 277, 364 on base, 447 slugging. To me, that's kind of the quintessential Carlos Correa experience is uh, 810 OPS with good defense is, um, it's going to be uh, interesting to see if he can continue to turn things around as the uh, slow start is still kind of bringing down his numbers. Um, Max Kepler, 966 OPS. Kirilov, 1007. Ed Redgerlian, 1254. Um, it's, it's good to see the Twins able to kind of mix and match guys to where you don't actually feel like they've got guys in the four, three, four spots where it's like, when are they going to move this guy down? And they, they literally don't have the option to because nobody else is hitting. Rocco has the ability to do some things with the chess pieces that are at his disposal. And it's only going to get more complicated and crowded as guys get healthy uh, on the pitching side of things. Before we move on to our final little bit here, um, 4-3-4 ERA overall, 1-2-1 whip out of the break. Uh, still striking everybody out, not walking anybody. It's 10.2 Ks per nine, 2.6 walks. The big issue, and it's probably not that difficult to see if you're a fan, is that the Twins have allowed 18 home runs in 110 innings. So 1.47 homers per nine, which is an inflated rate. Um, biggest culprits there. Pablo Lopez with five and Joe Ryan and Bailey Ober with three. So, um, yeah, I mean, slice the home runs a little bit and otherwise they're in pretty good shape pitching wise. Again, we still can agree that they need to address the bullpen, um, you know, especially the front end of it, the Ortegas and whatnot, uh, Moran's 
um, Valazovic's hands, etc. Um, so we'll see what they end up and what they have cooked up there. But I think it, at the very least, they need to get, as we've mentioned before, a hitter who can hit lefties as well as at least one reliever. I think they really need two. So I'm going to go on record as saying they need, need, need to add two relievers because um, as much as I think Jordan Balazovic has been solid, as much as I think Giovanni Moran has good raw stuff, uh, neither of those guys are guys you can trust in big spots right now. Uh, as far as an, an addition they can make internally, you got Dallas Keuchel. And I, I want to talk about what I think what role would be interesting for him, assuming the Twins bring him up. And the fact that he stayed past his opt-out tells me that there's a chance, and a fairly good one, that he will hang around. But uh, don't forget, Twins... Mariners series finale this afternoon at noon. It's Bryce Miller. It's Joe Ryan. We'll see if Joe Ryan can keep the Mariners in the yard. Obviously going to be a big part of how the Twins fare, not only in this series, but moving forward as they've been, like we said, home run prone in the second half. If you want to catch every pitch of the Twins hometown broadcast on SiriusXM, hang out with Corey and Danny. Maybe they'll call another walk-off on SiriusXM on the SXM app, but just go on the app, search Twins, and you'll find them. So Dallas Keuchel, I don't want to overreact. I, I think people may be overreacting a little bit to how he's pitched at St. Paul. But he's thrown 26 innings. He's allowed two earned runs, four runs total. So 0.69 ERA. But even if you count just runs, it still would only be double that, 1.38. The strikeout numbers aren't really there. But again, he you know he throws 87. You can't really expect that many strikeouts. Uh, the whip is decent, one two seven strikeouts, six point nine per nine. The what what I think could work for him with how this team is presently constructed is an opener, not an opener role, but as the bulk guy. So I think if you can shoehorn him, you know, you bring in like a Jordan Balazovic or uh, another hard throwing righty, go to Keuchel as a soft lefty. And then you go back to a hard-throwing righty after. I think you can really mess with a team's offense that way. So I, while I don't think the Twins have a specific rotation spot for Keuchel per se, um, Bailey Ober coming up on an innings limit, uh, Kenta Maeda still coming back from Tommy John. He's been awesome, but he's still coming back. So this is a way to keep Keuchel stretched out while also giving him a role while also not, um, you know, not trying to force him to be someone he's not. If you can protect him from that one, two, three, the first time through the order, I think you, you know, as a bulk guy, Dallas Keiko could be really, really helpful. Um, I also think he could help them in the bullpen as a, you know, a situational guy who comes in and gets a grounder when they need a double play. But I don't know. I, I, I don't really know that they would go that route, especially since he's been starting at St. Paul and is stretched out. He's averaging a little over five innings per start. So we'll see if that's in the cards. But for me, um, I do think they'll bring up Keuchel. I think that roster spot ends up being the roster spot that'll be vacated once Jose De Leon goes on the 60-day IL. And I think if they use him as a bulk guy, that's um, that's going to be the best way to do it. Now, I don't know that that's what they're going to do. I don't know if they'll go a six-man rotation Etc. I'm just saying though, like if it was up to me, I would 
put him in as a bulk guy behind Balazovic. And then in front of, I mean, I guess it's situational. It depends on it. You know, if you're into the sixth and you're up three runs, then you kind of line up your bullpen with um, Thielbar, Jax, Duran, et cetera. But um, also too, I think you could add him, give him a start against Kansas city here this weekend. And it could um, allow everybody to really reset because that would give starters in theory, three off days, the existing five, three off days here in the next week because of uh, tomorrow's off day, Monday's off day, and then the day in between. So I don't think that would necessarily be a bad idea based on where this rotation is at Um, on the whole, you know, we're starting to see, some cracks with, I mean, Lopez giving up homers, Ryan giving up homers, Sonny Grace had a couple hiccups here, uh, Bailey Ober, innings limit, etc. I think, so I think Keiko is going to be a nice fit wherever they put him in. But again, I would use him as a bulk guy and we'll see if um, that works. <laughs> Depressed Twins fan in the comments saying that he would like to see Brooks Rayleigh for another left-handed reliever. Yeah, that's another good one. I, um, you know, I, I neglected to mention David Robertson, I think, is my number one target just because um, at his age, I think the price would not be crazy. Again, the prospect hugger still might be upset if it's Simeon Woods Richardson or any number, any any one prospect that most of us have heard of. But if you can get Robertson, a decent secondary guy, and a guy like Tommy Pham. I'm not saying Tommy Pham necessarily. I don't know how he'd fit in this clubhouse. Um, but if you can do that, like let's say hypothetically you can do Robertson, Rayleigh, we're on the same team, so package deal. Oh, actually, Pham is on that team too. What if you could do a three for two or something? Um, I'm brain dead this morning. Uh, that's the kind of angle I'm going though. Like ideally for me though, it's Robertson, Suter, I think. I like the funky lefty. And then, honestly, I would really like McCutcheon, but I think the, I think the Pirates are going to hold on to him. I think it's a Tory Hunter 2015 situation where, um, you know, you go, you, if you go home, you're going to stay home. Now, if the, um, if the Pirates want to do right by him and he wants to leave or he's willing to leave, that's the guy the Twins should target. He can DH, he can maybe play a little bit outfield. He hasn't played that much this year, but uh, another situational guy late in games for Rocco to kind of mix and match with, but um, we'll see what the case is here, but we're going to have a whole lot of fun talking about this deadline coming up. A lot of balls in the air for the twins, which has been the case for them on the field and off the field. So we'll see what happens again. We'll have some fun trade deadline episodes. Trevor Hildenberger is in the works. We'll talk to him about playing under Paul Molitor, his, um, his, development, et cetera, et cetera. His 2017 season, which was absolutely incredible. So stay tuned for that. Stay tuned for all of this. As we come down the home stretch, we start hitting the dog days of summer and that sort of thing. Thanks for making Locked on Twins your first listen every day. And subscribe, like, give us a five-star rating on whatever platform you are listening or watching. Give us a thumbs up. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Hang out in the comments section and all that fun stuff. Send us questions we'll answer for you like we did for depressed twins fan here and otherwise thank you so much for hanging out with us uh don't forget to stop by tomorrow we'll talk to you soon